0: What's up, Nomination and Lover to the After 30 podcast? This is Pod Life number 10, the finale or at least the start of the sabbatical for the sub series. This was such a pleasure to doing. I'm joined by Ken, aka Scarborough Dude, one of the longest running podcasters in the game right now. His podcast has been going on for over 15 years. You can find Ken and his podcast, his personal journal, if you will, at Jane um, Podcast. At Dick's and the letter N, Jane, all one word. Or, Newly, you can find him on YouTube at ScarboroughDuke, spelled correctly. Don't forget the U in Scarborough. Um, With that being said, this podcast series was a a lot of fun to do. Talking to other podcasters was... A revelation of sort. It was fun to talk to people that share the same passion and are doing it differently or the same way that I'm doing it or that we're doing at the, at the network. Um, people who just want their story to be told or have a story to tell. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this podcast immensely and hopefully we can have Ken on again in another form. Again, if you're looking for anything from us, just reach out, not after 30podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at, the not, or at not after 30podcast uh, or on Facebook at not after 30podcast. That being said, on with number 10. This is it, the finale for now of Pod Life. This is your Pod Life. What's up, Nano Nation and lovers of Pod Life? This is a conclusion of this sub series, and I've waited for this last last guest. Scarborough Dude is in the house. Scarborough Dude,
1: what's up? Hey, this is uh, this is a great honor. I, I heard your earlier episodes, and you say, "Oh, this is the second to last one. We're, we're done." And uh, I'm really honored to uh, to sneak in there and be your uh, your last one of this series. Although I don't know why you're ending this series, I think it's great.
0: Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, mostly because the window of podcasters that I know, uh, they kind of rounded at 10. And, uh, it, you know, mm-hmm. this might be something we do later on. And uh, I have all intentions of going to PodCamp 2020 and hopefully meet some more podcasters. And we'll do another version of this maybe some point out in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main purpose of the sub-series was to build up a couple of stock um couple episodes in the vault while we we're in the renovation to the studio right. and then hopefully it would i give myself this, this ridiculous timeline of like six to ten weeks and I, I figured if i had 10 episodes i it could be enough and then i could get back into the studio um right. but you know you know scarborough dude if uh, if you're doing renos you usually take yeah, three weeks longer than you expected and ten percent more of your budget. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. minimum, uh, minimum I mean, exactly. There's no
1: shortage of egos out there in the, the world of podcasting. You, you could easily line up a whole lot more people. But uh give yourself a break anyway. Yeah. For now I'm happy. Let's 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 call this number ten. I think let's, is it episode ten?
0: This is this is number ten, yeah, episode right. ten of the subseries. And um it's, there's actually there's a segue there that I want to hold on to yeah. that I'm uh, gonna just take draw a little note down um, because I I'll get to it later on but I am astonished with the longevity of your podcast and I, I want to we'll get there but first let's let's deep dive back let's go back um, you are an OG of the Canadian podcast game so I am, I am as that. the old guard as the original gangsters um, I, I when I first met Mark um, he. I feel like he talked a lot about you. I was like, Well I need to I need to meet this Garborough dude. I need to meet the dude and uh, and, and find out what's going on. And we, we didn't exchange a ton of words when we met at podcamp. Um
1: one one of us was drunk, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Speaking uh, of which, I understand you start these things off with a beer, and I'm—I've got a a can in my hand, (laughs) and I'm thinking, "Come on, man, get to the beer part." Oh, you know what? You know what? You're right, and and thank you
0: for listening because I would have totally forgot. Um, Hey, why don't you start? What are you? What are you drinking?
1: Well, I'm just about to snap open. Yeah, there we go. It's called Tales from the Patch. It's a pumpkin porter. Mm. and uh, by Big Rig I'm not particularly fond of Big Rig so far, but I can't resist a taste of pumpkin in the fall so uh, I'm going to give it a try and I love porters and stouts so it should be okay You're a a man after my own heart I love anything pumpkin, so I'm in Well, here goes Oh, heavy on the spice Oh, it's a I like it more. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you're often you know right from that first taste. Very, very Yes, spicy. I agree. Uh, any sweetness to it? That. Uh, I don't taste it. I just, I'm just, i just tasting pumpkin uh, and spice, and it's 5.8% alcohol. That can't be too bad.
0: No, that's got to be good. Good for the yeah, blood, A little bit good of false
1: advertising. It says, turn off the lights. This can glows in the dark. Now, I tried that in my bathroom, and I didn't get any glow out of it, but uh, oh. what the hell? The beer inside is good. I'm going to have to look for that because that sounds right up my alley. Will be a um, season?
0: I, yes, fair enough. If this was Thursday night, Thursday night was Halloween. If this was Thursday night, I had Orange Snail, Milton's own it, own microbrewery. They have a great pumpkin ale called... Um, it's called the Pumpkin pumpkin Ale, Hockey Mask Pumpkin Ale. Okay. And when we interviewed the guys from, from Orange Snail, I said, like, this is my favorite seasonal beer you guys make, but it's got the dumbest name. Don't get me wrong. I love hockey. I love beer. I love them together. Uh-huh. But it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. And um, he said he said, the bottom line is, Every pumpkin kind of um, play on the name has been taken. So they just went outside. if hockey season starts in October. It's a good time.
1: Yeah, it's all about marketing in the end. I mean, you go to the LCDO and you see... The, I mean, it's amazed. I had to... Uh buy a few cans from my church group we were doing a men's gift basket and I said what they need is beer and I can't (laughs) believe how many new brands are coming up and uh, the the variety that's out there now, it's just amazing
0: It is, long gone are the days of uh, open up somebody's fridge and seeing uh, Miller high life or Molson Canadian those yeah. days are behind us and the people who really? hold on to that dream in my mind are very
1: silly well I grew up my father was a Molson X and, and it was like Chevy or Ford it was Ooh. either Labats or Molson we had O'Keefe too but uh, you know most people didn't drink that it was Molson so I grew up drinking Molson X because that's a uh, that's all they had. And those were court sized bottles and mm-hmm. taverns in Montreal. But uh, listen, we could we could do this entire podcast about beer. <laughs> That's maybe not where you <laughs> want to go. So, uh. you know, we,
0: we used to have a, a small sub series called Beerication where I we had Aaron Chalupa. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. one, it was, it was a great education because I didn't know, enough, I wasn't a beer guy for a long time. Right. And, uh, and, and in my 30s, I got into beer a little bit more uh, just because of the boom of the micro industry. So, now, I like um, to, yeah.
1: I'd, I'd like to set the record straight here. Uh, I listened today to something else. Uh, you're reading from Terence McKenna. Was that you doing the uh, that particular podcast about uh, the um, early humans taking the psilocybin uh, mushrooms? Mm. Okay, well, McKenna's that is Tim uh, Car. That was not yeah, so that is that was
0: on me but that was Tim Carr who's another okay. podcaster in the network okay. and he has a podcast called The Midnight Owl where he, okay. he it's the amateur look of occult and supernatural phenomenons um, okay. and the stoned ape theory was that is incredible but Tim just launched season two yeah. and the first episode in season two um, it's called Black Dog. Hmm. And it is incredible. I I told him it's his best work to date. I, he took wow. he took a couple months off and went back, got back with a bang. I was so so blown away by it, and he's incredible. And I'm expecting big things from him.
1: Sounds good. So I guess I'm a little confused. This is a, the Not After Thirty is part of a network, and the network is yours. Yeah. Um. So, I,
0: the the we started off with just the Not After Thirty podcast, right? And um. And I, I'm the father of, of two young baby girls, and it's hard for me to take time to podcast and be a great father and and uh, a hairstylist and a lot of those things, yeah. so... Um, I, I, I reached out to some people who I believe uh, could help me carry the load, oh. and we thought about spinning off, so what eventually happened was a, a bunch of mini-series and sub-series and different shows mm-hmm. kind of spun off. I actually met Tim last year at the pod camp, and we just kind of, he came over to say congratulations um, to me and my group of friends that were there, right. and we just started talking, I started listening to his podcast, and I called him up one day, I said, hey man, um, I, really, I really think you're doing something great here. I'm curious if you want to kind of link up, join forces, and mm-hmm. see if we can get more ears on your pod, because I believe in, I believe in what he does. Right. And uh, and he was all for it, and it, it's actually been, like, a really great relationship. He would become good buddies because of it. Excellent. And so, yeah, so the podcast has kind of turned into a little network, and, and instead of having 10 or 15 different feeds, everything's on one feed. Yeah. And uh, for the episodes that people want to listen to, it's their episodes that they don't want to listen to or series you don't want to listen to. Yeah. You know, no my
1: nose. that's uh, that's very interesting I mean that was the dream of in the early days for a lot of podcasters they wanted it like all time radio there was always going to be something on mm-hmm. that you could get and uh, uh nobody really succeeded at that, but it sounds like you've got a pretty good thing going yourself so good on you. Well, thank you. It means a lot. It means a lot to you.
0: coming from you, someone who's who's done the reps for sure. Well, um, I, I wanted
1: to say another positive thing too, because you, if we're gonna. I know we're gonna get back to the old guy stuff, but really, uh, <laughs> you are you represent this new generation, and I think a lot of people of my who were back there in the beginning, two thousand four, two thousand five, uh, when Serial came along, and suddenly everybody discovered podcasting. That, a lot of us just got pissed off. That oh fuck you, it's been around forever. <laughs> and it seemed like, wow, this is a thing, all these people are going to join in and make money, so I think quite a few of us got a bit cynical about this new wave, you know, there's been waves of podcasters mm-hmm. coming along, but I listened to you well enough, and listened to a few of your shows, and uh, Jacob, the other fellow you're talking about, and I think you guys are doing a fabulous job, and I think you're, you're going to carry this really well, because you are sincere, and it's not just about money, you want to do it professionally, you want to do it well, but you, you care about the art of podcasting or that comes across anyway so uh, my hat's off to you too it's not just us old farts who want to hang on to our little bit of
0: thank you sir it means the world to hear that and uh, and and we're going to do you proud because the, the the wave of guys um like me who who believe that's passion over paycheck and that mm-hmm. are doing this because maybe maybe uh, once upon a time there's a window in our lives that we looked at maybe radio broadcast or television broadcast
2: yep. and
0: thought that that'd be a great avenue but maybe never pursued it this is a great way for us to kind of dabble back into that enjoyment of, of reaching others. So, yeah,
1: well, so thank you very much. It, it, it's, it's so much potential for creative expression, and it, it's just a wonderful mm-hmm. tool, and uh, that's what we don't want to see lost. We want to see keep that dream alive. Hey, you can yeah, hey, that's You right. can have your own soul. You can do whatever you want. Uh, there's very few rules.
0: Very few rules. Isn't that the truth? Um, just, to, uh, just to dive back into the beginning of the podcast, yeah. um, I almost always drink beer and very and often drink spirit Spirits, Mm -hmm. but today I'm I went old school because I'm a classy broad and I'm drinking some red wine. Ah. Um, so I I don't know, you know, we uh, my wife made a beautiful dinner, I just was craving red wine and so um, I went with it. And I'm just gonna ride this out, I'm I'm about um, two thirds through the bottle right now, and I'm this is gonna be a great
1: podcast. That's fabulous, Uh, you know, it's funny because red wine is usually my Sunday drink, and I had a bottle open, Mm -hmm. I was gonna go for it. In fact, I bought another bottle. And then I thought, no, if I'm talking a lot, I'm going to want that, uh, that cool liquid, uh, the beer. But, uh, yeah, I, I love red wines. I'm, um, I go for Spanish wines. They're cheap, and they're strong, mm-hmm. and they're full-bodied and yeah. dark, and uh, that's, that's my thing. I went Argentina today, a Shiraz oh, Melbeck yeah. blend.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, I had to, had to get a glass of water, too, because that Melbeck is drying up my mouth. So Yeah,
2: yeah, I get it.
0: Yeah. But All right. you know what? Good thing. Good thing I'm on the line with their podcast that can carry podcaster that can carry the load. So I'm happy about that. Um, dude, let's get into it. What yep. is your nine to five?
1: Uh, well, there isn't one now. I'm happily retired. I'm I'm uh, I was born in 1948, so uh, I'm getting on in years. Uh, I'm yeah. winding down, but I've got the most beautiful. I have a uh, a summer job, and this this relates because um, I go by the name Scarborough Dude. And I was lucky. I, I got. I was given that name at the very beginning. Somebody called me out. And I'll give that backstory because it's important. And so my regular, you know, Ken and my family name. Uh, I use that for business, and I have clients who are Japanese, and Japanese people are very particular. And, and I'm looking after their sixteen-year-old daughters. They don't want to know the Scarborough dude. They don't want to meet the Scarborough dude. They want to meet Ken, this upright, you know, clean-cut, very, very uh, uh, well-behaved Canadian guy. So I, se- I separated the two in the beginning, and now that I'm winding down, there's a there's a lot of overlap between Ken and the Scarborough dude. Um, I spent many episodes trying to figure out which one I was and who was talking. Uh, it gets a little schizophrenic at times. Uh, but I've kept this business going. So during the summer, I have the most amazing job. I, I give a, the best summer possible for about 30 16-year-old Japanese high school girls. Uh, I used to live there and taught at that school. They come to Canada, I set up this program. So that takes care of uh, end of July, bit of August, and then I'm more or less uh, free. So I, I'm enjoying the uh, the luxury of uh, having time just to do the things I like to do. And I'm uh, being lazy on top of it. I'm, I'm a lazy person by nature. I, I've, uh, I'm very good at it.
0: Uh, I, I, I feel fun. like you'd also be. I feel like you'd be a great guy to run into in a coffee shop on a day that you don't have anything to do, and just sit back and <laughs> tilt some java and just have a good time. Oh yeah,
1: I love that. And uh, and then in, in the evening, move on to the beer and uh, we do the same. I I hope we have a regular gathering. We have a, an amazing bar here, and it happens to be my my closest one called the Only Cafe in Toronto. It's on the Danforth. And uh, I meet regularly with friends, and we'll just nurse a few good pints. They have 20, 20 pints on, on tap, uh, you know, every, uh, every week, and they're changing all the time. And we just sit and we talk, you know, and nursing over beer, and it's just like people do or did in the old days, you know. Have a few okay. drinks and, and sit around a big table with your friends, uh, a lot of podcasters, and then a, a mix of others, you know, photographers, artists, so, oh, uh, you know, awesome. enjoying enjoy the good life, but uh, you know, I've paid yeah. my dues. Excellent.
0: So, I was not too far from there. Like, I mean, uh, the Danforth isn't far away for me to go. But uh, hmm. last month, uh, Aaron Chalupa treated me to a, a show at the Danforth Music Hall, and it was a hmm. phenomenal time. Okay. And I think it's been a decade since I've been there; it hasn't changed one
1: bit. And yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, neck of the woods to be in. It's a wonderful part of the city. For me, I live in Scarborough, which is just the outskirts of Toronto, and um, it's very easy to get there. A few subway stops, and uh, I'm there, so that works well. I'm wondering. You'll notice that uh, maybe it comes with age. You'll you'll ask one question, I'll take you in a different direction, but you can just put, keep keep yanking me back on track. So uh, day job, yeah, no uh, there, problem. There isn't there isn't a day job. My wife is still working. She's younger than me, and uh, she'll be happy when she can retire too. Oh, that's so the way to do it. I yeah, am married. A, I have yeah. two uh, grown children, uh, two millennials, two sons. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, um, but what was your nine to five? Uh, well, I got by as a, an ESL teacher most of my life. I never, mm-hmm. I didn't fit in the box. Uh, I, I was. Ah, I was going to say born weird. Um, <laughs> the 60s came along and it opened. So I, I did the usual route. I you know, discovered Jack Kerouac as a student and just did the, okay, all i got to do is travel. And my whole dream... In life was to be a writer, another Jack Kerouac, and uh, so work didn't really fit into that. You picked up jobs, so I, I, I had a lot. I, I've had, I'm sure, a hundred jobs here and there, and uh, enjoyed that sort of life. And then I remember one girlfriend said, "Well, she was uptight because I was in Mexico, we going with a friend, we were picking mushrooms and just having a pretty good time." And she, just before I left, she said, well, what are you going to do when you're 30? Like, you should be worried now. You're going to be 30 and you're supposed to be settled. And it really upset me. And I really struggled with that question. To, Well, you know, what am I going to do? And then realized I was lying in a hammock. This was before Cancun had even started. It was just down the road from the Mayan ruins of Tulum. Lying in a hammock. And I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do when I'm 30. I'm right now. I'm in the happiest place I'm possibly going to be. So I've sort of used that philosophy to get through life. And I have, um, I have a trick. I'm almost afraid to share the trick. But the trick is, I've convinced myself that I was born lucky. And not just that, but it's an inexhaustible supply of luck, and it will never run out. And that's got me through life. It, it really has and so you know here in a, a house in the suburbs I never imagined two grown sons you know and a, a respectable enough life that I never pictured I never lined up for I never held up a, held the job long enough for that but somehow um, I took chances and things worked out I, I think that's a fantastic way to look
0: at life and that's that might be a winning recipe on how to be a positive person overall
1: Well, it's helped. It's like a a positive feedback loop. It just comes back. And so no matter what happens to you, you will always find the positive part. Oh, well, yeah, but if that hadn't happened, then this wouldn't. And here I am. I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I'm very, very much a, a child, a product of the 60s. Like When that came and we discovered hashish in Montreal around 1967, that was it. Everything changed. And uh, you know, I, I like to think for the better. It was a it was a holy communion, sitting around a, a water pipe with blocks of good Afghani hash, and uh, connecting with friends, you know, guy friends too, in, in ways you wouldn't normally do. And it was clearly not the life your your father had sort of laid out for you, or expected you to follow. And um, it it served me well. So, and and now it's interesting now that I'm. 71 I've been able to reconnect the guy I was when I was in my early 20s as a university student in Montreal. And there's like a, <laughs> I'm getting along. I'm happy to be that guy again. You know, there, there was you know, different paths taken along the way, but somehow I feel reconnected with who I, who I, uh, who I was then and who I am now.
0: Isn't that you know? amazing, kind of that full circle?
1: Yeah. 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 It's, it struck me, uh, struck me that way.
0: Um, okay, so I, <laughs> I, said, I okay. Uh, like, where the hell
1: is this guy gonna go? Where's he taking us? You know what?
0: Um, I, I feel like. Um, I feel like a, a, a sitting down in a conversation with you. I need to have a bowl of, of popcorn and just watch you go. <laughs> uh, you remind me a lot of my father in the sense of he's got a story for everything, and I, yeah. I just sit there and I take it all in. And for what it's worth, um, I, I never really had a relationship with either one of my grandfathers. One was an Italian immigrant who spoke no English, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, alcoholic, and mm-hmm. so we, I never really got that that that. Um, relationship and my other grandfather passed away before i even met him but um but when i when i deal with my father-in-law i get that feeling that that grandfather wisdom i'm gonna call it
1: yeah and
0: uh and and that's definitely what i'm getting that's definitely the vibes i'm picking up which is all good that's only respect there sir so um
1: On, on good days i have that story on my bad days i really believe my entire life is a house of cards and I have, I have built it and I have just got to be so careful where that next card goes and it's just this sense of my god this could just come crashing down anytime now but uh, right. you know, it goes away and I, I get back to get I get in the groove again and I'm fine so I get through That's with good a, with a little help from my friends Yes good good reference
0: Yeah let's get let's get back into that that the, the early podcast days. So give me an idea of Ken's, the Scarborough dude's introduction to podcasting. W- when did you first kind of discover what podcasting was? Okay. And then if that can maybe bleed into... Where where you decided to pick up a microphone and yep. join this revolution?
1: Excellent. Well, I've always been a communicator. I've always friends have been important to me. Connecting people has always been important to me. So long before I started podcasting, I used to do a zine, and I put that out. I guess when uh-huh. I moved to Japan, 1984, and it had a 20 year run. We ran it 12 pages. Wow. Um, four times a year. And it was just amongst friends. But it it reached about 50 families at its peak. And it was mailed, you know, around the world because we had all split up and gathered. So the zine was, was... my earliest way of connecting with people and sharing. And, and people just send in letters or emails. They're, this is before email. Email actually came in the yeah. way through. And it's actually interesting to see how technology actually changed the whole course of the zine, how it started, number one, started looking better. it gone from a dot matrix printer to, you know, wow, we can got columns and thing graphics here. Yeah.
0: Um, Do you mind if I jump in for a second yep, just for yep. the millennials who don't know, who might be listening? Yep. A, a zine is like an, an unpublished magazine, or I not unpublished, but uh, yeah. unsanctioned, I guess. It's not like not yep. a true magazine, but like an underground magazine.
1: Yeah, correct. I, I'm not off by that? It was a way of uh, originally just yeah. keeping a lot of us, well, there's a core of us from Montreal. We thought of ourselves as a tribe, and most of our tribe ended up in Vancouver uh there's that great migration out of Quebec in the uh, the early 70s due to the politics and so on and we thought well how are we going how are we going to keep in touch and i went off to japan at some point and we thought well this this idea of people writing in collecting all the stories and putting them together and then mailing it out would be a good way of doing it so that had a good life and then one day um traveling back from japan i, I picked up a copy of wired magazine and it was the one that featured adam curry And it talked about podcasting. And it was very, I I hope I've still got that copy in my basement. Because this this big picture. And you know, I guess you know Adam Curry or the name, sort of the the pod father, the guy who thinks he started it all. But he was a huge (laughs) influence in the early days. I mean, a man with a big ego, but, you know, he, he earned that ego and the right to brag about it. Um, and you're, you're
0: thinking around 2000, 2003, was this?
1: Yes, yes, 2004, when it actually <laughs> got off the ground. And so okay. it was around that time. And I thought, well, you know, that sounds doable. That, that For some reason, it stuck with me. And so I tuned in, what is this podcasting thing? And a couple of friends in Montreal, well, they weren't friends, they, I picked up, I, I went looking for a podcast from Montreal, and there was a show called Bob and A.J., and it was just two guys who were childhood friends, one was an electrician, the other guy was worked for IBM, uh, both French-Canadian but doing it perfectly in English. And they had a very casual laid back and they'd play some music and they'd talk about hockey and it was just really fun. And I thought, wow, that's great, I can, I can just listen, like, you know, can reconnect with Montreal. And so I wrote in. And I wrote a very sarcastic comment, and I, I I thought it was really funny at the time. And I thanked them for setting the bar so low that anybody could join and become a podcaster. <laughs> and I thought this is really funny. Well, Bob, being French Canadian, you know, probably some Irish blood in there too, really didn't think that was funny, and thought I was some oh, temper from you, temper you say? Yeah. Well, he uh, he thought I was some smart ass from Toronto and uh he picked up on the scarborough and he said hey scarborough dude why don't you put out your own podcast and that was it i said hey sounds great and uh i've had that name ever since and Bob was the person. If you've met Mark, Bob was the counterpart. Bob and Mark were the two who yes. started Pab Podcast Across Borders. Uh, I think if you won an award, it was the Bob Goyetsch Award, or somebody did. was named after um, Bob. At yeah, uh, that was um, Anthony Marco. Anthony Marco won the bob, Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's and right. He, and of course, Bob uh, podcast with him too. Uh, Bob was an absolutely a wonderful guy tragically died uh, a few couple a few years ago now uh, but anyway that, that just got me started and I thought I can do this and I didn't know anything I, I'm not a techie guy but I discovered computers in Japan I discovered Apple computers Just uh, I went to Japan in 1984 started on Apple IIe next thing the Macintosh comes out and I said wow this is great this is an amazing tool yeah. for a teacher and, the game changer. Um, so it absolutely was. So started working around with it, and by January 2005, I had recorded my first few shows, but I didn't know how to put them up, how to get them out there. And I finally figured that out doing XML, you know, still writing the code. And um, so since April 2005. And my whole idea, uh, you can interrupt me any time, by the way, but my, my whole concept was <laughs> I'm just going to Invite people into my basement. This is what it's going to be like, the way we used to back when we lived in Montreal. You got a new record, piece of vinyl. You had your friends over, maybe smoked up a little, dropped the vinyl down, listened to something by Leon Russell or uh, you know anybody else, Captain Beefheart, whoever, and just got into the music. And I thought that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to talk. I'm going to introduce some songs, and that'll be my podcast. And it morphed over time. I my sense of self got in the way, and so the music became less and less, and my talking became more and more, as I'm doing now, and uh, it's carried on since that day. And it's now they di- it became the Dixon and Jane's podcast, and uh, I haven't stopped, and I can't stop. So I've just put out Good. episode number seven hundred and sixty-two. Every episode's been an hour long, and uh, pretty well never miss a week. Were you ever nervous
0: about? Playing music and the copyright laws. And oh all stuff. boy,
1: boy! This is how this is this is how I, I got my reputation. I said, "Fuck that!" People, people <laughs> were people were going crazy. Oh my god! If you're recording a coffee shop and there's music in the background, they can get you. And my '60s head just roared so loud. Fuck you! Like who who the fuck is going to come after some guy? I've paid for this vinyl. I've paid for every of those damn Stones album that's out. This is my music. I bought it. I'm sharing it. I'd, I'd never play a whole album. And I've, I've kept a record of every single song I've played. It's well over 2,000 now. And I have wow. a spreadsheet with every song that's ever been played on the Dixon Chains podcast. And um, others, people who were coming in from a radio background, were really, really nervous about what are the rules. And uh, I'm holding in front of me, i got a book here called Podcasting Legal Guide for Canada. This. Oh, very uh, cool. Yeah, this came out, the law and technology. I have a thing about lawyers and suing, and the more I heard from people saying, well, I don't think you can do that, the more I just said, throw me in jail. I'd love to have somebody call me. But it's, <laughs> the plus side is I've only got a handful of listeners anyway, so who's going to care? Who's going to come after me? There you go. It's just, it's just a non issue. And, and the- and if they're listening,
0: they're probably appreciating what you're, you're doing, and they're probably not going to blow the whistle Well, on I'll you.
1: tell you something, that I have bought oh. more music since I started podcasting. Like I, music sort of ended in a lot of our lives. It was a thing we had during the 60s, early 70s. Then we got jobs. I went over to Japan. Music didn't play an important role anymore. And then, as I got into podcasting, suddenly I started to care again. And I've bought so much music, and I, I you know, I'm very happy to buy my music from iTunes, pay the dollar, whatever. And um, but in terms of not being allowed to share it, you know, the answer is fuck you. <laughs> do you your pop quiz, Hot Shot? Mm.
0: Um, do you know the very first song legally allowed to be played on a
1: podcast? Uh, I don't know, and I wouldn't care. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> why? Like, w- the whole point was, who who's making these rules? Like, I, you know, why? So, yeah, fair enough. You know, I, I, I thought I it just was don't interesting. That, and I, I never will. Uh, if, if it's Alan a local Cross. artist, I'm just going to interrupt. Sorry, if it's a local yeah, artist, a, a band that I've heard, I've, they've played locally, like Elliot Brood. I saw them play in, uh, in uh, Windsor. And I'd contact them and say, listen... I love your music. Do you mind if I play one? So if it's somebody that is, uh, you know, just somebody local or somebody who's not made it big yet, I'll do it. And they always say, "Sure, go ahead." Now, of course, I'll put up a link to their exposure, right? And so on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exposure. Here, you can. Thirty-three people are going to hear your new song.
0: Yeah, but thirty-three new people, right? Well, you can't so. pay for that. There you go. Anyway, yeah.
1: I, I don't know if that I, answers your question, but
0: uh... yeah, no, I, I was always interesting with the interest in the balance of it because if you're downloading a podcast and it has music or they're playing music, and I and I was one of the early uh, early fanboys of uh, the Rock and Roll Geek Show, and that was one of yeah. the first podcasts I got into, mm-hmm. and I was blown away by by what was available at that point and i remember you know the napster saga and all yeah, that stuff
2: yeah,
0: yeah. It, music had this this um value that it never really had in the past and i could never understand why it was okay to play it on the radio but you couldn't play it on the podcast yeah yeah so but well, uh to, i not answer yeah, that, yeah. that
1: yeah the other thing is i don't monetize mine i never have i never would i never could and that's the other answer. Hey, I'm you know, I've had friends actually go out and buy music that I've recommended. So there you yeah. go.
2: Well
0: that's always good in that case too. I think I think that's one of those things that you're talking about about inviting people over and listening to the vinyl for the first time, or put it on a record, they get the, they get the itch for it, they get the earworm, and
1: then they end up going by it Yeah, themselves. exactly, exactly. The analogy holds up, and and so that's what Dixon James was in the beginning. And then it was only a few years ago I was doing a talk at PodCamp Toronto, and I realized what it has become is is an audio journal. As you get older, your memory starts to go on you. And I'm amazed that I can go back. I could just randomly pick any podcast, and I'll know exactly what I was doing that week, what I was feeling, who I was hanging out with, what beer I was drinking. So many things that a part of my life that uh, would be completely lost to me are there. And so I often think, well, it's, it's a little record. I'm, I'm, my dream is that some student a hundred years from now will be doing a um, a, a deep study on the uh, 20th, 21st century. And want to just sort of dig into what sort of snail's trail, the digital trail that this these people leave behind, and they'll find a lot from me through the um, through the zine, through the podcasts, and uh, so on. You're
0: you do you think you have influences because you started so
1: early in the podcast world? Um, only amongst my circle of friends at the beginning I, I know i have some credibility i mean people do know the podcast uh, the scarborough dude and it's funny i remember showing up in montreal when they had an event and i was in a bar and somebody pointed to their friend over there and said, hey that's the scarborough dude and i remember like my ego my head just swelled wow i'm a <laughs> somebody here um I'm not now that that part's gone but in the beginning I remember my, my they used to keep try to keep records of who's putting out podcasts and my dream was to be one of the first under ten thousand in the world, and I'm pretty sure that I was in there in the eight thousands. So there weren't wow. many of us, and it was it was really exciting. I, I know you want to talk about the the old days. There was a tremendous feeling of, of camaraderie, which I know people are trying to rebuild now, and I think it's happening in a good way. Um, but there was a real sense that that we were uh, we were doing something new. It was something different. It was the Wild West. And it was easy to to find out who else you could listen to all the podcasts, right? It's impossible now. I just deleted about two hundred episodes that I just I knew I'm never gonna catch up on. But we could get yeah. to know each other and the 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 depths of the friendships I have with people like Mark Blevis and Bob up until his demise. And uh, Brent Morris, who you interviewed on this show, and others—it's uh-huh. it, just incredible. So, if you asked me, I know we'll get around to the meaning of podcast, but it—it it, it is about the um, the deep personal connection. Say the, the we consider we call ourselves sort of the the amateur podcasters because that's who we are and what we're going to continue to be. But it really is about. Um, uh, Letting your guard down, which you can do with real friends, and, and that's what I've tried to do on the Dixon Jane's podcast. Really, the essence of it is, hey, I, I'm a very fragile, confused human being. You know, I, I like to pretend I've got wisdom, but um, I learned long ago that we are all very frail, and we put on a lot of fronts just to get through life and to protect ourselves, and uh, and so on. And guys especially keep these shells in place until they they reach a point of trust. And so I've tried to uh, drop my guard right from the beginning. I mean, I could be fooling myself, but I think I'm pretty open about, you know, when I did something stupid or something wrong or something I've been struggling with, to to try and put it out there. The idea being, hey, I hope somebody else who's a little frail and fragile and has a lot of self-doubts... We'll listen in and maybe feel better about. Oh yeah, I do that too.
0: I I think while listening, when listening to your podcast, the relatability is definitely there. You do a very good job of weighing the pros and cons, and and I I just I listened to a couple of your podcasts. Uh, your most recent one based around fear, I mm-hmm. thought it was very interesting, and I think as um, I think a male in twenty twenty or sorry twenty nineteen yeah. um is is more likely to talk about it, but I think someone from your generation is more likely to keep that locked up. Um so I, I found it very interesting in that sense that, that you were fairly I mean well, open book on
1: it. Well again that's the that's the influence of the sixties, but also I went through I got I got very depressed and I had a, a, a bad um, trip, a bad drug trip. I don't know what it was, mescaline acid or whatever I was whatever pill I had taken didn't didn't do me well. And I uh, ended up seeing a psychiatrist and going through intensive group therapy uh, when I was about 24, and it was a game changer. It was the best thing that I ever went through, and it just changed entirely my whole view of life. I studied psychology at university and was very taken in by Carl Rogers' client-centered therapy. You know, nobody's sick. We're all, we're all human. And... Um, I actually got to go through an experimental program at UBC uh, on client-centered therapy. And the first day, you realize, wow, I'm not the only one who's feeling a little bit, uh, you know, I keep using the word fragile. I don't, I don't know a better word than that uh, here. And that changed me. You know, that, that really made it easier for me to open up. So, for example, that podcast you're talking about when we talked about fear... I didn't have any control. I just—I don't have any script. I just turn the recorder on and I talk. It's usually a twenty-minute rant, and then I stop. Um, and I mentioned something about my father, how I must have been an embarrassment to my father when I was young. And I thought, oh gee, did I just say that? That's—that's. That's, I'm feeling a little awkward about that. But I—I I worked my—I talked my way through it, and was really glad that I had. And that, that's just an example of, you know, something will slip out in this stream of consciousness uh, if you're open and if you uh, trust your listeners. <coughs>
0: Well, let's let's bounce back a little bit
2: yeah
1: are you are you doing stuff I keep hearing fridges opening and doors closing and stuff in the back
0: you know what it's so funny you mentioned that I'm actually just sitting at the table yeah. but my wife is frantically putting together back our living room after our two toddlers okay. destroyed it earlier today your
1: wife that's fine every
0: every time she, there's a noise or, or a scuffle, she she's going beat red right now as I say this, but she looks <laughs> over and I'm giving her the death stare, yeah. and she just cracks a, bla- a silent laugh. Well, it's so crazy. yeah, if, if that's getting picked up in the in the podcast, it's, then well, listeners, that's, uh, that's the ambiance of it's uh, so funny amateur podcasting because
1: it was really starting to get under my skin. i was sitting, what the hell is that guy doing? Was it? But meanwhile, right. I'm, I'm still talking. I'm not showing any, so it's very funny. <laughs> you I, I didn't, like it. You didn't skip a beat. That's no, um, no, no, no. <laughs> did
0: you did you meet my wife at PodCamp? I think I think we we might have been in the same.
1: Circle. I probably i i we I made Mark made all the introductions and I met everybody. And then afterwards, yes. uh, you know, I I was I always smoke up when I go to events. It, it curbs my drinking, and after yeah, that, I can't enough. remember who I spoke to. But uh, <laughs> we, we'll, I look forward to reconnecting at the next one. Yes, very much so. Um, okay, so just to get back
0: into yep. the layout of Pod Life. Yep. Um, now the start of your podcast. Was that was that fifteen years ago when you started the the, the, the your current podcast, Dixon Janes?
1: Yep. Yep. And it's it's okay, so that... That, that way right up until uh, till I joined a church. And then I decided, you know, I, I use the word fuck too often. Uh, maybe maybe if I want some new listeners from the church they're not gonna like that. So there was a period three years ago, three or four years ago when I changed the name to uh, Gosh, it might have been Baby Sally Talks. I'll explain that later. And I okay. I, I lasted 50 episodes, and mm-hmm. by the third episode, I was swearing again. And like, this is ridiculous, yes. and it just went back to being Dixon and chains right after that. So I tried to be polite. I tried Old. to clean it up, but I'm just not good at that. You know, old hat, really. I, I
0: believe also, I believe the name of a podcast, and I imagine when you started podcasting, the availability of names was there. But now yes. when, I, when, I, when I see some of the names of podcasts today, I'm shocked. And most recently, I've been most shocked because we thought not after thirty was such a different name, and it, it came up in a, a accidental conversation. But now there's an after thirty podcast, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I I guess that's a thing now.
1: Yeah. If they
0: start using a hexagon, I'm going to have a real problem.
1: So. Yeah, really. Well, looking at that logo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I had the, I had the title Dixon James. That was the name of the zine, as well. Oh, okay. And. Um, There's a story for that, of course, uh, which I'll tell you right now, whether you're going to ask me or not. Where does (laughs) does the and Jane's name come from? Um, Yeah. People of my generation learned to read on basic primary readers, and the characters in the readers were Dick and Jane. And Baby Sally, and this was pure 1950s America. Like the house, the white picket fence, father wearing a fedora, driving his sedan off to work, mom in a beautiful dress. Uh, Like Leave It to Beaver on the TV show. That was that was the world. And that's how we learned. The grandparents were still on the farm. It was a white middle-class world, you know, 100 percent. And the stories are very simple. It was just basic repetition. Uh, "Look, look Jane, look Sally, See the plane." and we learned to read an entire I mean, millions of boomers. Learn to read on those Dixon Jane's readers. Now they're highly collectible. They, they. I paid two hundred dollars for a teacher's edition down in the states of uh, the Dickson Jane's reader. But I cho- we chose that name because it was so generic, and the idea was this was before uh, trans issues. It was just everybody's a Dick or a Jane. Doesn't matter what your name is. You know, we're all in this together. And so there was. Uh, it just became Dixon James. Hey, that's you. That's me. That's all of us. Right. And, uh, name so for everybody. Universal. Name for everybody. You know, guys and gals. Kind of like um,
0: uh, the Bare Naked Ladies' first album, Gordon. They just wanted to name an album yeah. for the the average man, right? Very... A ja, music tie-in. Yeah, don't don't get me started, Ken. I have a feeling you and me. And a, a couple pieces of vinyl. I've got a small collection. I imagine you got a large collection. Yep. And we, we we could probably go for a couple days straight. So, we could. All right. Um, tell me a little bit about the new Gappage.
1: Um, I I'm I'm deliberately not going to. Uh, and this is only <laughs> only only to piss Brent off because okay great. the ball's in his court. I'm usually the guy who picks up. Says Brent. You know, we ought to, we got to do another, put another episode out. Gapage was a lot of fun. It basically, uh, Brent and I met in Montreal at a, a pod camp Montreal gathering, which was phenomenal, and we just hit it off right away. And uh, we've been buddies ever since. In fact, he called me tonight. Um... And we talked about it, but he never brought up, let's do another gappage. He's since found a partner in life, and this is very good news, and that's Mm -hmm. all Brent has been looking for. And it's been all consuming, so I'm sort of backing off, but uh, it's been fun. But basically, the idea was it was was an excuse to get together, which is a a lot of podcasts are about that. Uh, But we'd get into a few drinks, and besides, it'd be nice to have a little toke, because he likes toking up too. And then would maybe, well, let's do a second episode now that we're high. And it's, they're always trash. A lot of fun to do, but, you know, just you really. You lose I, I enjoy the, the one from PodCamp. You lose the thread quite often. But, uh, so yeah. we haven't done one for quite a while. So Gapage is, is on our hiatus for now, and it's really up to Brent, if he ever listens to this one. Brent, this is a shout-out to you, asshole. Call up and say, hey, let's schedule a date for uh, another Gapage. He said his reputation is that he doesn't listen to other people's podcasts exactly unless he's on unless mm. we're talking about it. Yeah. So uh, he asked me yes. today in the phone call. I said, "Don't don't be too hard on me." Well, I am being as hard as I can. So uh, <laughs> well, you that's know one, one thing I did pick up
0: on there uh, mm. on Gapage, and I don't know if this is by design or not, but mm. I, I definitely I definitely felt there was the um, the bond, the brotherhood bond of you know a little bit of shit talking. Yeah. And, uh, and, but that kind of stirred the pot and kept the conversation going, yeah. which is fine. And, yeah. and I, I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit having a younger brother myself, yeah. um, that, that, that kind of feel was there and i, I definitely yeah. related and enjoyed it so
1: yeah i think i think that's what keeps it fun It's a lot of teasing and, and of course brent can give it right back he's just that much smarter um, yes. than me and younger than me so uh, i know time <laughs> I, I zap him i'm gonna get i'm gonna get it back worse but uh, it's fun and and that's another that's another long-running
0: show right because that dates back to yeah. 2012,
1: right? Yeah, quite. So. Right. We, we, to me, that's not long running, but it, but it is. I mean, I remember we did our first episode in Union Station. You know, I almost called it Urine Station, Union Station. <laughs> and um, Brent was the guy who turned me on to Terrence McKenna, which came up in this other guy's show. In fact, gave me a book about him or by him. And uh, I knew all the people around McKenna, and of course Timothy Leary, my hero, um, but not so much about McKenna. So that was interesting. That came up on our very first episode. So it's fun, and we do it. We do a live episode when we gather in Hamilton during the summer for the Marshall McLuhan Podcaster Roundtable, uh, which you've got to come to this summer. It's always in July. Yo. I had all the intentions last year to
0: show up, and the day unfortunately it's a, it's a Saturday, and I was I had a good dialogue going on with Brent about it, yeah. and I remember leaving work and just realizing that it wasn't going to be able to happen. I was heartbroken because yeah. I definitely wanted to go.
1: He talked about his friends who were coming, and then uh, and then you didn't. I didn't know it was you in particular. But listen, it goes on from the Friday night to the Sunday noon, so uh, it's worth trying to trying to get in there it's a, it's a lot of fun yeah it, it, Very it's a second weekend in july right usually so, yeah you, yeah so yeah anyway we'll talk about yeah. that we'll talk about the canadian canadian national day of podcasting did you know about that one too no that's uh, december 1st see this this, comes no back, this goes back to uh, mark levis and bob and others i guess bob probably started that and uh, we've just kept it going and and we've got Americans who will join in now. We've the, the, there are nice little networks, and they're they appear to be closed, but they're always open for they're always looking for fresh blood, and people joining in. And one of the things we do is on December first, everybody tries to put out a podcast. Oh my god, that's brilliant! Well, I'm—you
0: can count the not to thirty pod podcast and network to do that because we—that and, and
1: would be definitely something. I'm putting the message out for your listeners. You do have listeners, don't you?
0: You know what. SoundCloud, which is our podcast, uh, our space provider, yeah. uh, it tells me every, every every download, we get between 100 and 300 downloads. And uh, we just hit the, the beautiful mark of 50,000 downloads, which is mind-blowing. But um, it tells me that there are people listening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it tells me people are listening. yet. You know, I'm still waiting to see
1: somebody in the street asking for merchandise. I'm still waiting for that day. Right. So, well, it's funny yeah, it's, it's, uh, I. there's always a chance somebody new might say, Well, who is that Scarborough? Maybe I'll go listen to his podcast. But usually people, it, it's like, uh, going to a church you might try it once it's not quite my cup of tea it's not quite for me so uh i don't i don't get too excited thinking oh this is my chance for exposure i'm pretty comfortable where i am Uh, a lot of people think that's cynical and think i'm feeling sorry for myself that well you know you've been you've been there for so long why don't you have a whole lot of listeners uh but it's partly because i have been here for so long that uh the friendships I make, like Brent, would be for exa- a very perfect example. He doesn't want to listen to my podcast because he'd rather just he and I sit and have a beer together or talk or whatever, and, and we connect. We've already got the friendship, and so there's nothing to be gained by uh, by actually listening to my podcast. So. Yeah, you know, I, I feel
0: I feel like um, the outside people who are not podcasters, hmm. looking from the outside in, will ask you the first thing. Can you make any money from it, or do you make any money from yeah. it? Yeah. And the answer is almost always no. no. And I mean, I know that I know there's people with Patreons or Go um, no. IndieGoGo, yeah. and and that, and and I, and I never want to be that guy being like, hey, open up your pocketbook, give me some. If you if you mildly enjoy this, give me some money. I don't want to be that guy. See, I'm, what I want to be is. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say. I was just going to say. What I want is, if I make a T-shirt, hey, I want to support your podcast. Like, get, get me a t-shirt. Send me a t-shirt. I'll pay for Whatever. That's what I. That's what I care about. And if I make whatever three dollars off a t-shirt, right. I'm happy that somebody's going to represent my passion which is is laying down these mp3s and, mm-hmm. and 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 putting that out there but how does it how is it for you like the well, monetary area of it like
1: it's just it's just it's non-existent and this, for the same way I won't pay for somebody else if somebody else says i got a patreon or, or you can you know you get extra um uh, episodes content or whatever you join in. yeah Dan Class did that uh guy in America it was one of the early ones um and I just I don't bother. I'm saying I'm giving mine for free. That's enough, right? Here's here's your payment. You get to hear from my podcast for free if you want to, but uh, don't mm-hmm. expect me to pay for yours.
0: And, I, I think at the end of the day, support supports all I'm really looking for. Oh, of for- course, you know. Listen, if if MeUndies or one of the other, like Fleshlight or those other podcasts, mm-hmm. um, you know the, the ones that like generally uh, what Casper mattresses or any of those um, companies that those e-commerce that Generally support podcasts. If they came by and said, "Hey, we're going to offer you X amount of dollars for X amount of exposure," I'm in, but I'm not holding my breath for that either.
1: Right. Well, what what we believed before were comments were our currency. I think we had a slogan for it, and people used to, you know, mine is all up on a blog on um, Blogspot, .blogspot DixonJames.blogspot.com or C A. And people used to listen to an episode and then post a comment. Oh, I like this part, or I disagree. Oh, hey, you should listen. If you like that guy, you should listen to this. And we loved it. And that was, again, that was something from the early days that we had. Um, There was also a thing where you could point, you get a map, and the listeners could put, put a point on there, and you'd find out where your listeners are coming from. Little things that were just really exciting at the time. So when you got a comment, when somebody actually pasted something on your blog, Asked a question or did something, that counted for more than anything. And I occasionally still get uh, people posting on my blog, and I, and I absolutely love it. But that was far more important than any thought of money for us.
0: There is a um, good segue, and I want to get into it, is your new avenue of expressing yourself, your YouTube channel.
1: How did you know about that?
0: You know what? Wow, Ken, Mister Dude, Mister Scarborough, Dude. Here at the Not to Thirty podcast, we do very vigorous research, and I've actually I, I, I'm I haven't watched all no. your your apps yet because you you just dumped a whole bunch on there, but um, I just I believe I
1: just, I just started this weekend. Like this is this yes, is amazing.
0: I, I, I was, I was gonna, Thank you. I, <laughs> I'm glad I, I can shock you with something. Oh no, you, um,
1: you blew me away with that because I was. I thought I was going to wow you with my. I thought I was
0: going to wow you with my. Do you know what the first song legally allowed to be played on a podcast was? But that fell
1: under the radar. But this, no, I, I sir, said I
2: didn't. Know um, fuck,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, totally right. I'm like, oh well, fuck that. That just killed my boner. Uh, no, so, well,
1: you, um, got, you got me on this one because I was actually. I'll tell you what. Yeah. You know,
0: Go ahead, go
1: ahead. Well, I was debating whether I was even going to mention it, because it's it's something new for me, and it's uh, this is the first week I haven't put out a podcast. Like, I'm just thinking, or, you know, I'm it's, usually it's every Monday, and I haven't watched it. Are you saying it, it's the first so week fun. in 15 years? Uh, no, I think when I went to Australia, I, I went three months without podcasting and uh, there's been stretches here and there, but basically gotcha. I haven't felt the need. The reason I podcast every week is I simply have to, I've just got to get yes. stuff out of my head. And, and that's, yes. that's really important. That's the essence, people. So why are you still doing it? I can't help but doing it. It's not like, oh shit, I got a podcast, I got that this week, it's, I'll go in my car, and I I rarely record at home. It's always, I've got one handheld recorder, which I love, my Olympus LS10, beautiful piece of equipment, handheld. And I'll drive to Bluffers Park, close to where I live, or some other place, I have favorite spots, and I'll just talk. And something is out of my system. Whatever was there, it just comes out. And then in the course of a week... I'll usually have recorded three clips at three different times, so each day is a completely different mood, different location, different feeling, and then I'll join those three pieces together with music that may or may not fit what I was talking about, or fit my mood, or lift me out of the mood. And that's the essence. That's that's how Dixon Chains is put together. Uh, but ah, oh, little behind the scenes, pull back
0: the curtain a little bit.
1: Well, there because you just did with this uh, this whole uh, uh, YouTube thing. YouTube. So let me let me put it. up Let me give you a
0: compliment. You gave me some very nice words at the top of the pod. Oh. Um, so let me put this back. Um, I I have been becoming a fan of vlogging, and we we did a, a small little family vlog initially, but it's become too much work of the video editing and slicing and mm. getting. The, what I see in my head happening, and then actually being able to do it—that um, that battle always goes on. But the charm of yours is your ability of storytelling, and I believe the the 15 years of reps and podcasting really has primed you nicely for Scarborough Dudes uh, Museum Bar Tour or whatever I, you're calling. I can't I, really
1: you really you really pull this off beautifully. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> sir. Quite, Thank you. It's quite well,
0: amazing. I'll, I'll th- <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you why it works for me yeah. because, um, it, it works for me because I, I share the, um, the unwritten rule of everything that you have should or can have a story to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the first episode, even though the camera angle was horrible, not flattering yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, it the story about the spoon was great because you present the spoon that you bought in I think it was 1974 or something along that line.
1: 75 all
0: the and 75, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I I thought it was great. I mean, listen. I, I, I hope somebody gives you twenty five dollars for that because if that's the case, I got a, I got a full drawer that's going to pay for the next big family vacation.
1: Well, listen, uh, by the time I put I just put out an episode yesterday, I guess one more, and the price of the spoon was down to ten. So, so yes, just Excellent. be patient, hang in there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
0: I'll keep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that original price of twenty five yeah. cents on that spoon. I'll tell you the reason. The they, reason I
1: la- go ahead.
0: Sorry, I was going to say, the reason that I enjoy that is because I am of the same belief that I want to have something that I can present to someone and have a story to it. Mm -hmm. I want to have something that if someone asks me... Oh, that's a really cool photo, or that's a really that's really cool whatever tchotchke or whatever. Yeah. And I have a story behind it, that that has value to me. And the sense yeah. it's not sentimental as much as it is, is this is a conversation we're gonna have. I'm gonna share this life experience with yeah. you. And and that's kind of, I mean when you mentioned honest eds in that in that first episode, yeah. my ears perked up, my eyes blew up because I was like, Oh my god, who talks about honest eds today? You know, now it's just a piece of concrete in front, you know, on yeah. on on um, on uh, on Young Street, you know. Yeah. It's So I'm so when I enjoy that, because, a, you have a beautiful storytelling approach, and B, you know you're seeing the you're seeing that item in person. You have the story; you can, you can tell that you have a sentimental tie into it. The way you you hold it is isn't necessary. You're not just throwing it on the table and saying this. You're saying you're, you're caressing it. You're you're holding it as if you know you're at a at a high school dance and your girlfriend's there and you're holding her by the waist. That's the way you're presenting something because it has this value to you.
1: Yes, I, I might actually get some viewers after this show. <laughs> You know, I hope so. I hope. Listen, if if we can get the rub, that's what I'm all about. Well, it's funny because I, honestly, I would. I sent this. I sent a link in secret to one friend and asked him. Listen, if you got some time next week, just look. I'm not sure if I want to release these or put these out, but I'm just started this. But I'm doing it the way I do the podcast. It's got to be totally unscripted. There'll be mistakes in there. It's going to be one take. There's virtually no editing. Uh, the camera angle does not improve, uh, I, and, I've, and that's part of the joke of it. I will have to bend my head down so you can see my hat. Uh, but anyway, I've had, I've had great fun with it. The nice thing about it, it's, it was my son's idea. My 30-year-old son, uh, I drove back across from Vancouver to Toronto with him uh, just this, uh, you know, we arrived in uh, beginning of October. And that was a father-son trip that uh, was a good learning experience, I guess for me, for both of us. Uh, we worked through a lot, but, you know, it's quite wonderful camping in the Rockies and uh, get got caught up in a snow blizzard in Saskatchewan, visited the Museum of um, uh, Human Rights in Winnipeg, and just had a, a really good trip. But he knows I have a basement full of artifacts, and, you know, my, my days are numbered, and my wife just wants to just get rid of all this stuff, you know, either put up a brick wall and seal it all in with me in there, or uh, just just dump the load. And I said, but there's some treasures here. And so he came up with the idea. He said, well, just tell a little story about them. Pick an object and tell a story. So uh, tonight, just before this episode, I recorded the Brakeman's Lantern that I picked up from the, uh, when I worked for Canadian National Railways, a real Brakeman's Lantern. And um, so now, if nobody else watches, it doesn't matter, but my son will know the story behind that Brakeman's Lantern. And uh, that's important for me, you know, that you're, you're, you're keeping something alive in a way.
0: Yes. Um, that is that is the foundation of anything that has that patina, that age to it, mm-hmm. the story that goes along with it is almost more valuable than the materials it's made out of. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love it. I, I think it's a great approach. I think it's a little piece of history, and it, it just gives a little bit more of the the allure of Scarborough, dude. So I, I enjoyed a lot. And you know, it's funny because I was watching episode one, and I was looking at that thing, and it was to the left of you. Mm-hmm. And I, what is that? I was like, this is the weirdest lava lamp I've ever seen. Yeah. Then episode two, I watch episode number two, and I realize it's a lamp. It's like that dog lamp, or I think it's a dog. It's a, it's Was a, it like a, it's a plaid? A, it's a goose.
1: and A goose,
2: yes. Yeah, it's a, a goose. goose,
1: Yeah. And the reason I love it, and eventually, and I'll mention that eventually, but that belonged to my wife. It's something she bought, brought with her from Japan when we moved here in 1994, and so it means a lot. It was something that she had from her past life, and suddenly here it is. And I've I've brought it back to life in my basement. And I thought, oh, that that lamp has got to be in there. But it was too bright, so I, I put a kerchief around its neck, uh, to uh, dull the glare uh, a little bit. So uh, yeah, no, it's, it's one rough. one day um, if
0: if I could put a request in, yeah, um, or if you prefer, I'll put it in the comments, but. One day I was like a full MTV style of uh, MTV Cribs where you do a full walk around the basement and we can get like a little... Little taste of what the whole room looks like, and not just one wall.
1: Yes, uh, I I did that, uh, but it was a very rough, just a three-minute showing. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to wait till I'm in about maybe ten episodes, and then I'm going to say. In fact, I mentioned it on the show today. I really should show you the rest of the bar because it is it is quite right on. it is quite amazing. Uh, it's basically this is the first house I've ever owned, and I'm a, I'm a pack rat. It's a sickness with me, and I've hung on to. Everything. So of course I've got every episode, every issue of the Dixon Janes, but I've got all the raw notes. I've got just crap that I can't get rid of. Um, but finally having a house where I can actually unload all this stuff, unpack after years of moving around and traveling, it's been quite wonderful. So. Uh, I, I, I think
0: having, I think calling it a museum is the Bard Museum. I like that approach on it a lot because mm-hmm. I feel that way about my own um, collection of things that I have. Because what I want is someone to come in and I want to educate and wow them about things that I have. Yeah. And I think what you're doing. I, you know I might have to borrow this idea just like I I borrowed the uh, I, I I took Mark's idea from the podcast lounge and made it pod life uh, oh. I might borrow the museum idea from you as well You're because uh, I I I think it's quite awesome, and and I think that you know an eight to ten minute video is I, I love it. I think it's great, yeah. and um, I I think I think that's probably the right amount of time for the for the millennial generation exactly. to watch.
1: I'm, I'm making a point yeah. of keeping them under eight minutes. So, and just about eight. Just enough to get a, something out, and then all you know things will overlap, and over time people get a fuller picture. How did you find it, yeah. by the way? Did you just Google Scarborough Dude, or did you, how did you? Because I haven't um, put up a link. Yes, um, that's exactly what I did. I well, you know what it was. I um,
0: I wanted to. I wanted to have a, a little bit of. Knowledge other than just the podcast and just all the shit talking that Brent did uh, in private to me about right. you and and of course, you know like, it's funny because the contrast was great because Mark had so many kind words and Brent had quite the opposite so. um <laughs> Yeah, it, it, you know, I had to do my own research right. because I, 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 you know, I, I, I never want to go into the into this just think to myself, I'll just wait and see what happens. I want to know a little bit before yeah. I get, I I want a little taste of the pie before I get the full slice. So yeah.
1: so if your listeners right. wanted to see any of these uh, videos, they would just have to Google Scarborough Dude and, on the YouTube channel. Yeah, is,
0: you know, right? yeah, just on YouTube, just punch in Scarborough Dude and, um, and, and it will pop up and then. Right. You know, hopefully, you can get a handful, a handful of subscribers, and that and um, and then, yeah, you know, it'll and it, it'll it's encourage
1: little... me to do more. I'm finding it always takes Good. with anything. It's like with the podcasting; you're always very stiff in your first few, but gradually you kind of loosen up and just have a little more fun. And basically, yeah. I don't want to do this unless I'm going to be having fun doing it. And right, I'm getting the feeling now it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, you've given me a huge yeah. boost. I really appreciate that. Oh thank you
0: sir I'm happy to hear that
1: um, I, you know
0: I, I, I like YouTube as a platform but it it is so competitive it's, it's it's the exact same as a podcast landscape right now where at once upon a time there was um, let's say eight to ten great podcasters or uh I no, once to podcasters, YouTubers. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's a YouTuber and you know, I, I call it the Blair Witch syndrome, where everybody right. who just believes that they can record something off their phone and it'll be entertaining. Right. But right. I, I, I enjoy another layer of, of production in there. Although I'll I'll take, you know, your phone slanted whack and you're not squared up for the photo. I'll right. take that. Because I enjoy the story behind it. Well, I I think it's going to remain that
1: way because I want it to reflect. This is who I am. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not mm going to be spending a lot of time. I'm not going to be getting the lights and the extra cameras and action and doing it professionally. Uh, This is just, just for fun for me. I mean, I'll, I'll try and, you know, learn a couple of, maybe make it just a little bit neater, but
0: uh, yeah, that's that's unlikely.
1: That's not even involved.
0: Maybe just one light behind the camera, Ken. Maybe that's all you need. Okay. Um, Let me ask you that. Let me ask you you that. Money gone into your podcast, because there are these little fees and little, you know, notches and mics and qualities and recorders gone in. Fifteen years in the game is a long time. Yeah. Give me kind of a rough idea of money put in to to the podcast.
1: Very, very little. I'm holding in my hand now. A, uh, it's called an iRiver. Uh, you wouldn't know these; they disappeared off the market. It was—it took one um, AA battery, and it was a digital recorder. They were marvelous. Maybe they were seventy bucks or something, and you could record. I recorded my first several, maybe the first, you know, fifty episodes just from an old um, Apple. You know, um, what do you call those things? The digital iPod? recorders and iPod, the very early ones. And so I haven't invested much money. My my digital recorder that I, I use now uh, was maybe $200, if that. Um, and I've never used a mixer. I've never had one. I don't need one. I use Free, I use Audacity, and I use GarageBand for the uh, editing. I've paid probably more money in buying music that I could hear and and share with people. I'm still enjoying hearing new music. Um, But that's about it. So very, very little. And in terms of I have a friend who's given me uh, room on his wife's server and every once in a while I'll buy them a meal. That would be uh, 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 Rob Lee, a wonderful person, and his wife Catherine Matthews. These are people who have been very helpful in the podcasting world and um, Rob was, if I had a problem, a tech problem, Rob would be the one to fix it for me. So mm. very, very very little investment. And, uh, of course, I use whatever Mac I've got, and the Macs I buy through my business, so that's about it. Nothing fancy. Well, that works over really nicely. Well, it's portable, I, you know, right Doing
0: here. part Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, doing pod life, Um, I've seen the spectrum. Um, I've I've always, my my own personal account is to keep as much cost, as minimal as possible. And I've been lucky. I've had friends who, I have one friend who wants to support the show, and he, he was nice enough to buy... Buy us the mics for the podcast, you know, and and I you know, had a computer already. So I, I, I've been lucky in that sense. But I've also seen the other spectrum of that where I've seen people spend upwards of $2,000 on just a sound effect package yeah. just to make their podcast. And you know what? If that's where their their passion lies, and I'm not who exactly. am I to say that that's wrong? Yeah, you know, exactly. it's it's where you feel comfortable, and if that's where they feel comfortable, you know, that's great for them. But yeah. for me, this is this is a passion over paycheck. It, my paycheck shouldn't be going that much into my passion. So yeah, for me, that's, that's right. where you yeah. know, e- 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 e, I get I get a little bit nervous. You know, like um, one day when when Adacity says, "Hey." It's going to cost you some money to put your podcast on here. That's when I'm going to start to get nervous. Yeah, you know that, that that that's that's where that's where I'm going to be like, oh,
1: okay. It's easy to get sucked in. Like I, I had almost convinced myself I couldn't do these uh, videos that you just uh, talked about unless I had the iPhone 11 Plus, Plus. and I just I just, I just I just lusted after it. I, I'm a sucker for Apple products. And then I, I found out what the real costs were, and fortunately I said, no, I just don't need that thing, you know, and that's why I'm keeping it kind of simple. I'm making a point of, of uh, there's, a, there's an art to simplicity and a little bit of roughness to it as well. You know, too much polish, uh, where does it really get you? But, you know, like you say, some people really get off on that and get off, and I mean, we all get off on toys, so hey, good for them. Right. Let them enjoy it. I want to put one more thing in here. It's a question we're never leading to back to the olden days. I want to just go down on record. If I have any claim to fame, I think I am probably the first person to ever have recorded live while taking a piss in the snow. <laughs> you know, I remember I remember doing that I was making I, a I life, title you rightfully deserve uh, I'm taking, <laughs> taking a recording and sitting, i kind got to have a leak and it snowed and I thought well this would be, be some good sound effects and it it's always a sizzle you know and uh, so yeah yeah, yeah yeah alright well, well, with, with that being that. said yeah
0: yes I'm going to pour myself one last drink um, I had some of this while I was recording I think podcast number seven pod like number seven with Michael Carter mm-hmm. this is the Wayne Gretzky um, yeah, rosé. But um, I think they call it a whiskey. Um, doesn't really say actually on here. I heard you. But did. I have a little pop of this. Yeah, it's um, it's very nice, and I'm just going to do a little bit of a, in a whiskey a uh, scotch glass, um, just as a little nightcap.
1: Yeah, well, I'm still right, finishing Ken. off my pumpkin porter, and uh, that was good. This was almost long enough to make it a two-parter, but uh, I guess we can uh, maybe bring it to a close around now. I hope this is not too long for you and your listeners. You know what? It is it is
0: what it is. Um, we we uh, Before we do the Joe Rogan um method of podcasting which is as long as it takes right. so if it's a three-hour podcast it's a three-hour podcast right. um but but most recently we've, we've been trying to keep it around 45 minutes we yeah. found that the average commute is about 45 minutes right so we tried to kind of match that but if it goes long hey you still got to drive home after work so was well, a little, little, little extra put
1: in it into episode uh number 10 part a number 10 part b i'll leave that in your capable hands We'll, we'll figure it out. I'm not too worried about that. All right. Um, okay, so hold on.
0: Before we, we we even think about closing the podcast down,
1: yep.
0: there's the, que- the question. The question. And 10 episodes in, 10 episodes out, this is a question that I end every pod life with because yep. one day I'm going to make this beautiful poster out of it. Mm-hmm. I need to know, Ken, the Scarborough dude, what does being a podcaster mean to you?
1: I, I knew the question was coming up because I heard your your other episodes. And I could only come up with one answer. And I mean, I didn't rehearse this, but it just kept coming back to it. It simply means that in life, I feel I'm contributing something on the positive side of the equation. There's, there's some people just do a lot of negative shit and hurt people. And as other people try and do something that's, you know, in the plus side, but that's not going to hurt, that's maybe going to help somebody. And I think the act of podcasting and revealing a little bit about your soul, being open, uh, admitting, owning up to your your shortcomings, showing your, your, your inner self and what it's like to be a, a human and how confused sometimes we get and how... Uh, how painful it can sometimes be to be a human because a lot of people are dealing with a lot of stress. Putting out a podcast where you open, you're open to that kind of thing I think is just contributing something on the plus side. Very, very simple. I don't see the world in black and white terms, but there is. You can be a better human helping them make this a better planet or you can be a, an asshole and just go around hurting a lot of people and, and causing damage and harm. And I think podcasting is is the act of weighing in on the plus side. So there you go. Thank you, sir. Sir, um, it's so weird.
0: <laughs> um, I, you know, I always try to show as much respect as as possible.
1: Yourself as an OG call, in the I, podcast, I could call that ageism, you know, and and uh, yeah. come back <laughs> at you for that. But. Uh, you know, I another question I I want to ask I forgot
0: until this moment Hmm. what's it like having millennials as kids
1: well I try to be I really try to be um, open about you know not making generalizations about anybody and I hear a lot of people talking a lot of shit about millennials Uh, but tonight I I told my son hey your mom's in Japan you got to do your own laundry Uh, just get it done And I went down to the basement and I looked in the dryer And the dryer was full I opened the door and stuff just came pouring out Nothing was dry He had just taken everything he owned And had thrown it in there and I had to pull all the stuff out and say okay let 's just let 's just put in the socks and underwear let 's just dry them first, then maybe we 'll do the pants then we 'll do all the shirts he 's got a hell of a lot of clothes they 're all black they 're all the same, uh, but just didn 't have the basic doing a laundry skills he'd hate me i, I won 't tell him i 'm on this show. Uh, for revealing that, but that struck me as something a little millennial. He's used to his mother just as, scoops the clo- scoops the clothes out. She's being wow. Japanese and very thorough. He's living with us. She'll just take care of everything and um, you know, and for him that's just the norm. so there's an example. But my other son, the um, the elder one who's just thirty, has really schooled me on a lot of issues that I should have a better standing understanding of. Uh, and I welcome that too. And if I may, if I do something that he just or say something he doesn't agree with, he'll call me on it. And in my youth, wow, you never called your father on anything. Like he was lord right, and master. Totally, yeah. You just you just accepted it, and you you muttered under your breath and walked away and cursed him. But you never called him on it. And both my sons will call me on any mistakes <laughs> I make. And I, I think that's tied into the millennials issue and, and I think in the end it's a good thing I think uh, the, the life I grew up in was easy and I, I felt I feel blessed every single day for being born back when I was even though I'll die long before uh, my listeners will um, you know, I've, I've, I've run my course I've had a great life I really feel the life that's been handed to uh, people coming of age now it's a lot more difficult the world is a much darker place and I'm very very sad about that and I think both my sons are paying that price. Well, I want to go back to what you said initially. Oh, yeah. We're and not gonna end that on that happy note then, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, no, I know. I firmly believe. I really enjoyed the secret that you let out early in the podcast, which is, which is telling yourself that you're lucky yeah. and believing that you're lucky, because I, I think that's a recipe for success in life. And I, I always tell myself that too, you know, I, I hear stories, uh, from my parents who were immigrants to the country about, Mm -hmm. you know, how lucky they were that their family came to this country. And I believe that. And, and I I believe even though we're living in the most convenient time ever, it is a different time at at the end of the day, though, you got to make do with what, what you have. I think, and I think that's really key and important, even though other things might look grim, you just got to keep looking at the positive sides of things. Um, Positivity is going to win a lot of times when when, when you're in a dark spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a side note to that, you know, we always believe and we always preach that it's passion over paycheck at the end of the day. The passion is, is this beautiful light inside of you mm-hmm. that it, 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 it makes what you're doing worthwhile. And yeah. it, I know at the at the beginning and the end of my day, it's always a passion that gets me through my day. So,
1: mm-hmm. um well, we are okay, we're all so, creative. It's part of the human nature is to be creative, and and it's very important that all of us have an opportunity to express that creativity. It's it's just a part of who very we are and what it means to be a human. Very very true. Everybody's creative. They just got
0: to find their 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 avenue, their lane. Yep. Yep. Mr. Scarborough, thank you so much for your time. Um, let me. I'm going to put this out there. Um, I'm thinking. And hoping that at one point I can do a, a, a sub series on collections. Maybe we can sit down and talk again. Yeah, would, um,
1: would you be down for something like that? Oh, I'm, I'm open for anything. I, I'm mostly open for having another beer, but I'd like, I like meeting face to face. I'd like you to come out and join me in one of our uh, soirees at the Only Cafe, if you can get yourself. You're way the hell out in Milton, aren't you? That, that's correct. Born and yeah. raised in Streetsville, Mississauga, but
0: current currently residing in Milton, lovely Milton, Ontario.
1: And you you got a family uh, and a wife and children to look yes. after, so it's a little yes. harder for you yes. to do that kind of thing. It is very hard. It
0: is very hard. To, With enough planning, we can make something work. If, if, I, if I've done all my chores and my wife lets me out of the house, yeah. we can make something work. But, um, you know... I agree. I you know, I'd love to have you at the at the new Billy Shears podcast studio when it when it finally does open up. Well, so. that sounds like
1: fun. Yeah, send out an invite and I'll, and I'll be happy to drive over and in, uh, in my road trek so I can sleep in it and uh, get drunk with yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that's, I'm okay with that too, um,
0: and I will, I'm going to put you in contact with Tim Carr, uh, the Midnight Owl, in okay. regards to the episode they just release, uh, the we just released. But mm-hmm. I, I think it, I think the two of you will bond, and I know that he's working on a project that you can definitely um, be part of. Sounds but, interesting. But um, with that being said, yep. the, it's it's the Dix and Janes all one word podcast.
1: Yep, that's the letter And D I C K S N J A N E S. Well, yeah, there you go. And if people want to buy the
0: Dixon James hat, where where do they have to go? Oh,
1: and nobody. Those are those are not for sale. <laughs> those are one of a kind. Okay. Yeah, right. th- th- those came from the zine. Those are back. We had t shirts. T shirts. We have a rock, uh, and this rock has traveled the planet many, many times. It's yeah, on its way to Mexico now. It's been around. This planet, uh, countless times, it's been everywhere, and so we put out a T-shirt in honor of that rock and the Dixon Jeans uh, tribe. Basically, we're a tribe, and uh, I just invite, welcome other people to join the tribe and uh, chime in. Okay,
0: so it, it's the Dixon Jeans podcast, and then on YouTube, the Scar, or Scarborough dude, I believe. Yep. Still the, 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 Scar- the right Scar- way. Yes. Yeah. yes. Don't forget the U. Yeah. O U G H. Yes. So Scarborough do it on YouTube. Please check that out. I believe it is something made of gold. So hopefully I want to see like at least at least 50 episodes. I I gotta imagine there's 50 things in the museum. Oh easily. Easily. Okay. That'll do it. Listen, it's and, been a real pleasure, then, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um this is pod life. This is a conclusion for now of Pod Life. And I'm I'm so glad that we waited. For you. I know when we touched base initially, you had a lot of things going on, and I, I just wanted i wanted you to be part of it because Mark wouldn't speak highly of you if it wasn't worth, worth the time. So I, I believe it was. So thank you so much, Ken, for being part of this.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. All right.